0: So, with that, hi, and welcome to After the Hype with me, your host, as always, Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Jonathan Hardesty. Sup, Chewy Darso. Hello. Ryan, uh, he's not here today. Sadly, oh, he is a bastard, as we all know, and he perished in the Battle of the Bastards.
1: Oh, did he get trampled?
0: He did get trampled. Mm. When those Poor. bodies hit the floor, they hit Ryan first. <laughs> <laughs> now, all I hear is when the bodies hit the floor. <laughs>
1: Have any of you guys watched the video of the old man doing that as at America's Got Talent? I have not. It's fantastic.
2: I'll take it. your word for it. That that was like big, and then like the whole uh, Orlando shooting happened, and then they kinda kind of wasn't a viral thing. video oh, yeah, anymore. It's not yeah, fun <laughs> anymore. <laughs> they kind of <laughs> gave up on all the fun stuff. <laughs> all the
1: bodies did hit the floor. Not good.
2: Um,
0: so for new time guests, we have Brock Walters on. You just heard his voice. Hello. Hi, Brock. Thanks for having me. Uh, and then for frequent guests, we have Elliot Campos on. Hello, hi. You were just on a few weeks ago, right?
3: Yeah, you couldn't get enough.
0: Yeah, it works out. I don't think you've ever been on a battle episode though before, have you? No, It'll I feel so.
3: unprepared for the onslaught. Perfect. I'm about to endure. That's
0: <laughs> exactly what we want to hear. Um, so if you don't remember, we can find Elliot. Elliot, where can we find you online again?
3: My Twitter is E L L And I also do two other podcasts. One is Beyond School. It is an audio play about a teenage girl who battles evil aliens. And the second is called Superhero Sampler co-hosted by another frequent after the mm-hmm. hyper samantha and you can find that on uh, both of these podcasts on our facebook pages as well beyond school and superhero sampler superhero sampler we talk about the best and worst of superhero televisions
0: uh what about you brock where can people find you online or in life or if they want to see you in person um, and not just stalking ways
2: <laughs> i'm brock walters on all social media um I do stand up. Uh I don't know when this is coming out. This
0: will come out uh next Thursday.
2: Next Thursday. So tonight I will be at the Goodnight Bar <laughs> uh in North Hollywood um doing Canteen Points, which is a fun stand up show.
0: Okay. Uh yeah, let's get started. Where have you been doing before we get into the Battle of the Day? Uh, I will go first with Where Have You Been Doing? I just love that title. Um, <laughs> <laughs> why don't you marry it? Geez. <laughs> if I would, if I could, but I'm already married to somebody who is not that title.
1: You could marry uh, something that's not actually alive. That would be interesting. it
3: would be a trick. That is opening the door to a very uncomfortable realm.
0: <laughs> uh, so I've oh, been, he
1: would marry Dark Souls. I would marry Dark Souls so fast.
0: Yeah. It would be the most abusive relationship <laughs> <laughs> one of us is going to jail. And um, dying a lot. Yeah uh so i've been playing uh saints row 4 re-elected for the ps4 and it is uh it's decent it's fun it's exactly what it looked like in all the trailers when it came (laughs) out like two years ago um i do kind of have a soft spot for saints row they're always really fun games they're just kind of corny and stupid but there was something about like saints row 2 where there's a legitimate story and it was about fighting other gang lords and trying to like take over the city that was really fun and cool and actually had some like emotional punches to it and now that's just gone in the way of mini games and kind of crazy antics which were fun but i kind of miss the the actual storytelling that they were capable of
4: um, i watched that uh, there's a finale that was on you know you may have heard of it uh, game of thrones no i never heard of it yeah it it's... might have
0: eaten one of our co-hosts but yeah <laughs> i don't know
4: but yeah i watched the finale it was a whole like what was it 80 some minutes it was a long one it was a really long one and it was the one of the better episodes of the season. Well,
0: given the Meh. season that they yeah. had,
1: it's until kinda... the, like the last five minutes, that was such a mixture of emotions. I like the last five minutes. Well, that's what I yeah. I liked the last five minutes, but I was also frustrated by the last five minutes. Fair.
4: Yeah, that's 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 a common refrain in Game of Thrones. I like yeah. this moment, but I hated this moment.
1: In the last week, I well, the first thing I wanted to do was uh, rewatch all of Magnum PI. Uh, How'd that go for you? Terribly. <laughs> Apparently, it's not Netflix anymore. It's not on Hulu. And then I online, it says that NBC streams it. If you sign up for their something something, sir, download their app. So I did that on two different platforms. And it's not actually on there. They're a bunch of liars. It's very frustrating.
0: the history of Magnum P.I., you've been the most devoted <laughs> to trying to watch it out of any of their fans. I just <laughs> wanted
1: to watch Tom Selleck in a floral top. But so that failed. So I've just been uh, (laughs) uh, buffing up on my new job, which I'm going to be joining Superstore come the 11th. So I've been starting to watch that show uh, and I'm really enjoying it. Surprisingly funny. It's got some great gags going on and the cast of characters is fun. The girl that's supposed to be in high school looks like she's 25. Yeah. But I'll let that go. It's an NBC comedy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but her boyfriend is hysterical He is he looks like a cartoon
2: Johnny Pemberton. Yeah. Yeah, really funny
1: So I highly recommend watching Superstore because it actually is quite hilarious and totally deserves a second season Plus I'm gonna be working on that season. So watch <laughs> it so I can continue to work
0: Brock, what about you? Where have you been
2: doing? Um My girlfriend was out of town last week. So I started re-watching The Sopranos because um, I was like, ah, it's been 17 years. And
0: yeah, might as might as well go back. I've to
2: forgotten it. most of season one. It's a and a uh, season. it is, but like uh, the filmmaking isn't like the best. There's nope. like a lot of zooms instead of dollies. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you guys were groundbreaking, I thought, <laughs> but I was just like, it's kind of lazy filmmaking well, here in the story first. Story-wise, they're groundbreaking, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. You know, it gets... I mean, once they start pumping, what, like $2 million per episode, yeah. I'm sure it's going to get a lot better.
0: I think it's around <laughs> season three that, like, the the filmmaking quality matches the story quality.
2: Yeah. Because it just seems a little sloppy, that first season. I finished the first season last night.
0: I love that season finale with them and, like, the the forest running down the guy to murder Yeah. Him. It's so great. It's a good Spoiler.
2: show. Spoiler. <laughs>
0: I said they <laughs> and the guy. I think they're going to be okay. <laughs> Elliot, what about you? I've...
3: Kind of made it my mission this year to catch up with all these live action DC shows that are Mm -hmm. going on. I never took the plunge, and it's gotten to the point where it's gotten completely out of control with all these spin offs and expanded universes and whatnot. Animated spin offs. It's wild. But I started going through Arrow at the start of this year, and now I'm finally at the point where The Flash is launching. Right. So I'm kind of doing that double duty watching an episode of Arrow, watching an episode of The Flash. It's kind of annoying i have a list on my phone of the order that i'm supposed to watch them at so it feels not quite as easy as watching tv in our lazy culture should be right but i think the flash is really entertaining it's very dynamic and big superhero stuff as opposed to arrow which is very dark and brooding (laughs) and batman yeah, and it's it's a Batman show without Batman. Yeah, totally. Basically. The Flash is just like, you know what? We're putting him in that costume from day one. Yep. It's going to be so goofy. I watched all 10 seasons of Smallville, which is Clark Kent doing everything that <laughs> involves being Superman without actually putting on the damn costume. <laughs> so the fact that Barry Allen is right there in that red jumper from Jump Street just makes <laughs> me so happy. The I'm on episode four, which introduces the Wentworth Miller character, yep. oh Captain my Cold. So good. Being a Prison Break fan, it delights me to no end to see Mr. Miller as a criminal mastermind. Mm-hmm. And I am just really excited to see how this show evolves and hopefully just gets bigger and better.
2: Are you excited for Prison Break to come back?
3: <laughs> well, well, I
0: know.
4: <laughs> it's that- hole
2: time. It's time yeah. to dig another hole. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, okay, I think we should get started on the battle of the day. Now, the oh, we battle- still have a full episode. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. We still have to go down that whole thing. Uh, so today, uh, if you are a fan of our battle episodes, you're turning into this one. Welcome back. Uh, today's going to be a little bit different. We're changing up the battles a little bit. Cause what, what? I've been listening to people who talk to me about it, and they say that the 10 minutes of just one person talking can get a little boring if not everyone is on their game, which we usually are, but every now and then, somebody kind of runs out of gas throughout eight so minutes. To quote a great movie, I blame myself. Yes. <laughs> I blame so, you too. Yeah. Nice. Uh, it, we all know it's John's fault. Yeah. Um, or Ryan's. We'll blame Ryan, because
4: he's not here. Yeah, yeah, he's not here. Fucking yeah. Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. Fuck
0: um, Bringing everything down.
4: Going <laughs> <laughs> to
1: Portugal. God, what a dick.
4: Um, <laughs> Being buried under bodies and getting
0: lost in space. and like, hey, At least he found Heather Graham. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, So we're changing it today. So today we're going to do five minutes. So you get five minutes to defend your film. The the shakeup is that after that five minutes, now we as a group get five minutes to try to take your film down. And it's your job to defend it the best you can, which who knows if we'll do a good job. I hope at the end we will still hold who did the best job defending it or defending it against us. And we'll vote around the table. Can't vote for your own. And we'll have a winner for the day. Um, the theme for today Which I should probably mention Is 4th of July movies And I went a little loosey goosey on this one Originally I was going to stick to You just had to do a movie that celebrated the 4th of July Turns out that's a little difficult um, We did get a couple people who got there I got there, Chewie got there I yeah. think that's it Yeah. And then I was going to do movies that are patriotic And even that's a little bit tough So we're basically doing movies that make you feel like it's the 4th of July <laughs> <laughs> And I think that's the best way To Get everybody involved around the table. So then, once you
4: hear our selections, it's actually going to be pretty funny. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's pretty sad that most movies that are actually patriotic are just war films.
0: Yeah. I'm glad that really none of us chose an all out war film. Chewie came the closest. um, But I and that, like, we didn't do, like, uh, We Were Soldiers Once or The Patriot. Isn't
1: John's a little more, like, actual war film?
0: I mean, his is more. I mean, I guess, yeah. They're they're both kind of close. But his Mm -hmm. isn't a war film either. His is more of a guerrilla. Whatever. Like an insurgents sort of Insurgents, I like that, yeah, mm. that works Either way, so the movies for the day uh, Mine is The Sandlot John? Uh, mine is Red Dawn, the original Not the Chris Hemsworth version Right Oof. I saw Oof. it Chewie?
1: The Great Escape
0: <laughs> Brock? The Burbs <laughs> Elliot? <laughs> Dave
1: <laughs> Which when Brian told me that I was like, what?
0: The fuck is Dave? <laughs> I've never heard
1: of this movie <laughs>
0: I had never seen it until last night, and I have to say, nothing yet. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, these are movies that make the people around the table feel like it's the 4th of July. Questionably for some, not questionably for others, Uh, but that's what the defense is for. Who would like to go first? John does. (sighs) As he just tries not to make eye contact, to stare forward, not me, not me, not me, not me. Okay. So, John gets to take us off. You ready? Yep, I'm good. All right, your five minutes starts now. All right, I picked Red
4: Dawn, and don't read into that as about my personality. It gave me the thought of Fourth of July in the quick of it. Um, Very patriotic movie. Very kind of rah, rah, rah. Um, And this is actually the first time I've seen this, because I was like, I need something that's just really kind of... (laughs) Lots of guns, lots of just really aggressive, we are great sort of thing. And this had all that um i want to point out a few things that really stuck out to me that fit this feeling of fourth of july as i kind of started to seriously look into it because i thought this was going to be kind of surface level and dumb and there was a few things in there that i was like okay it was really getting me into the spirit of it um that rough rider quote on the statue in the beginning um far better it is to dare mighty things just kind of carried that through the whole movie everyone just acted and they were they weren't content to just sit around and let things happen it was like we got to do it we got to you know we got to Fight back, you know, Take <laughs> take it all back with our guns, <laughs> which is our know, guns. <laughs> our guns. There's even a an NRA quote on there too, which of course there is. Of course, <laughs> of course there is. But weirdly, just because of the time period, it felt very different than if they were to do that now.
3: Which they did.
4: Yeah. And did, uh, did they change the country though? The invading country. Yeah. Wasn't North Korea? It
1: was supposed to be China, and then they changed it to North Korea. Right.
4: That's right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Joe. Well, and then I like that there was. It wasn't just one country it was like every other country was bad they all kind of joined forces and attacked us it was kind of a, a, a mix um i like that there was uh there was screen time for the villains and there was one guy who actually kind of had his own arc through the movie which you, know, you don't necessarily see that if you're going to be like all other countries are bad and we americans are good it was kind of a nice little twist and it has that that's pretty cool um the kind of the whole scrappy kids joining together to take down the enemy element of it felt very patriotic and just you watching that you're like you feel kind of inspired in some way as you're watching this you know take all the cynicism and modern politics out of it it does feel pretty exciting like we're gonna do it we're gonna take them on don't let you know don't let these you know don't don't cry for me ever again like <laughs> harry Dean stand me, that's exactly yeah. where my head went <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but it, just this whole element of just don't sit down don't take you know don't take this and turn that anger into something else there was kind of that, that element they kept telling each other, like, turn it into something else. These bad things are happening. We just got to persevere. And there was a lot of a kind of a patriotic spirit in that, mm-hmm. which I really liked. And it really kind of turned me around from watching this kind of from a cynical way. to be more like, yeah, 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 near the end. Um, and then the, let's see, just the, the combat and the tactics was, it was interesting to see that for them being kids, they had, you know, they were pretty smart. But the the movie still pointing out that they were still kids who, you know, were dealing with this. It was having a hard time dealing with it. But they weren't idiots either. They were taken out. I mean, maybe it's actually kind of a stab against the other invading countries because their security is super lax.
0: What's that? And it's just, America's the best. And
4: America's the best. (laughs) Um, Some good performances all around. I I was not expecting to see um, this as a prequel to uh, Dirty Dancing. (laughs)
0: It kind of or is or a sequel
4: actually no a sequel she goes on from having a wonderful dance to um you know her end in this movie blowing shit up. She yeah. is actually great. Every time she was in the movie, she was like running away from something and it's like something's going to blow up. This is fun. Mm-hmm. She was really kind of a threat. And I mean, they all were. They all were, but That's just it was the
0: Wolverines.
4: It was fun that everyone kind of had their own unique thing going on. And then they oh, let's see what else.
0: Like what's his name goes completely crazy.
4: Yep. Goes completely crazy. Kills um, his friend. Then there's the, the, the si still. The, uh, and this movie has like the moments of calm where they, the character moments, which I wasn't kind of expecting. The, when he's watching the tanks in the battlefield and he's like, so this whole countryside is a battlefield now, huh? And the air pilot's are just like, that's what war is. Like there was kind of this growing up. There was a lot of growing up too, which feels kind of in spirit with the whole kind of taking charge and moving forward. Very patriotic stuff. And then uh, the two brothers, how they kind of, their poetic end, I guess. They were back in the park where they played as kids. and
0: Yeah, 30 that was seconds left for your defense. That's what you
4: see yeah. of them. And I just like what this, I don't know, I was feeling one way towards the movie at the beginning when it was fairly kind of in your face. And then at the end, I was like, this is actually kind of inspiring. And I could see why it you know, did fairly well and why you could, and I also see too why you could take it further with modern politics.
0: Okay. Anything yeah. else you want to say? You got 15 seconds. Um, Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: was going
0: to say, if you didn't get that in there at least once, <laughs> then you just completely failed in your argument. All right. Uh, so this is where any of us around the table can say anything we want to try to destroy your film. Um, I'm going to go first. You'd never seen it? I'd never seen it you before. You decided to try to defend a movie you'd never even seen? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well,
4: I, I, it's it's been on my blind spot for a while. Okay. I know that the remake came out, and I've basically heard about a lot of this through osmosis. There's a lot of these movies where through the pop culture you get kind of a sense of the movie, you're like, I should see this, and then, you know, 10, 15 years pass, and you like, you haven't seen it yet. And I felt like this would be a good excuse. I was going to originally go with The Patriot, something that was also yeah. along those lines, but I was like, I don't know, I've seen that movie, it wasn't, it wasn't that. I didn't like it that much.
1: So you didn't have something. any films in your childhood that... Made you feel. Made like the you feel, Yeah, that no. Made you feel. You don't have any films that make you feel patriotic or proud to be American. Apparently, just
0: a
4: red
1: dot. <laughs> 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 he's never seen. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, movie he's never seen. We also, but we've also
4: already covered some of these movies too. That's fair. The, we like, have covered a lot of uh, movies. We just in the did. Past three we years. did do Independence Day, and that would have been like that. My mind first went there because of yeah. Bill Pullman's speech right, and all that. Right. So I wanted to attack this from a different angle, something that would evoke that. You know, going in blind would make me feel those kind of feelings of patriotism and things like that, hmm. regardless of, you know, the quality of the movie, I, like, a new
0: experience. So it, Okay, so with the... How about the arguments that a lot of people have had against this movie of the children and violence aspect? Like, this movie really does promote...
1: It's a propaganda film. Yeah. That's my biggest problem with Red Dawn, is that mm-hmm. it's a film made during the Cold War, and it very much stews the sense of patriotism, but in a, to me, a negative way, because it's all about... Paranoia and like these yeah. are coming. We need to be prepared. Our children need to be prepared, and our children need to be prepared to it's die. It's xenophobic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's just like that. I'm not really into those type of films. No. No. Um,
4: and that was one thing to kind of work around with that, and I kind of knew that going on that there was gonna be these things that were problematic. So I looked to the other elements, like how the kids related to each other, and violence with kids doesn't really bother me that much. I mean, I've watched Battle Royale and find that to be a really
0: it's one of my favorite movies. Really great time.
4: movie. And there's you know, kids lopping arms off each other there. And, like, it's, yeah. the violence doesn't bother me as much.
1: Violence it's, for children never bothers me. It's the glorification that to be, like, you need, it's patriotic to want to go to war and you're going to die a hero. Yeah. I mean, just that whole, like, warmongering mon- mindset.
4: But the I movie also it. gave kind of time for memorial for, like, the kids who died. They rode on the rocks. There was, like, this... There was more. Like, there was that element. But then they took the time to give these characters more you know feelings yeah, but and aspirations and more, worries
0: but i could still make the argument that none of the characters by the end of the movie none of them are really redeemable other than patrick swayze anymore like the rest of them kind of all go crazy. especially c thomas howell murders his friend Ugh. like it just kind of like he just kind of goes nuts and machine guns his friend like as soon as patrick swayze is like all right i think we're gonna let him go and see Thomas Howell just walks up like the movie just kind of gets like
4: but then cartoonishly it, it, brutal but then at the same time, on that flip side, it allows Patrick Swayze to really, that to affect him. Like, he, yeah. there's that moment, like, most movies would just skip, like, that were strictly for propaganda would just skip over that element where he's just like, I can't take it. I'm going to just
0: cry the shit out of this. Like
1: That is nice that it doesn't have too much of a glossy sheen on it, where yeah, it shows it, you a little bit of the dirtiness. You're
0: supposed to be insulting the movie right now. Whatever. Stop helping it. I
1: think this movie is... Uh,
3: a real fantasy for a lot of people in our country who cling to their guns and see yeah. them as the only thing keeping them safe. Oh, yeah, the whole, like, why do outsiders, I need this, attackers, this aggressors. And in the world that we live in, we really need to be less worried about hypothetical gun battles that will spring up out of nowhere and be more concerned about the very negative effects that guns are having on our country. Uh, repeatedly, every week, you know, all this slaughter that's happening. Yeah. So my... My main qualm with choosing a movie like this as the victor of this uh, battle royale is that it's celebrating a very specific version of how Americans should behave in their lives, like being ready to go to war, have those guns at the ready. You know, all outsiders are bad. You you mentioned that it's all these countries that are banding against America. Uh, A lot of Americans have this incredible persecution complex for, like, Mm -hmm. no reason. Like, we have a really good country, and we don't need to be so scared that we're in danger that we need to arm ourselves to the teeth and not introduce common sense gun laws and that's your (laughs) political moment for the day well and that's Uh,
4: what's interesting is that this brings up discussions that are relevant today and there's still elements of it makes you i mean it made me think because it's like i'm looking at this from the other side again why i watched it blind is that i could come in and be like you know come in without kind of the the biases into it because i only heard what people experience from the movie. Yeah. I don't know, it, it 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 made
0: me think, you know,
2: give I don't know. It, yeah, it made me And you're out of time.
0: No. Oh. <laughs> uh, Brock, did you have anything you wanted to say about that one really quick or no?
2: No, I I like Red Dawn. I believe that it brought down uh the Cold War. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can't let Jonathan beat you, Brock. And <laughs> you That's why I, that's why I remain silent I did not <laughs> want to be... I believe uh, Reagan's administration commissioned <laughs> the film, and oh, no. they did a very good job. Oh no! Tear down that wall, Mr. <laughs> Gorbachev. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's after Germany. this episode, I'll, I'll say my world. real opinion of Red Dawn, well, but doesn't. I'll wait till
4: after the episode. Yeah. yeah. So no, very... I I just liked that it was different. It was interesting. It was an interesting thing to try to do for this.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, I, have... I have
2: nothing bad to say about it. <laughs>
0: All right, so <laughs> I have The mark. Sandlot, and I'm going right now, so we don't keep going down the gun route. Uh, so the reason why I picked The Sandlot, specifically when I'm thinking about the 4th of July, is not just the 4th of July moment, which is why that movie always triggers in my head when I think of the 4th of July, which is the greatest moment, not the greatest moment in the movie, but like a really great moment in the movie where it's the only time they can play at night because there's no lights at The Sandlot, and the fireworks in the sky are so bright that they can play one game over the summer at night and that's just a really kind of cool sweet moment but for me the main reason why I picked the Sandlot and the main reason why I always love the Sandlot is that it makes you nostalgia nostalgic for a moment you were not there and that's exactly at least to me what the 4th of July is
1: we didn't exist it, for another 20 30 years
0: yeah but like the, the 4th of July for me is always like I remember celebrating it on the block with my neighbors back when I lived in Iowa like that's what the 4th of July is for me and there will never be as much fun as it was then and that's what the Sandlot is encapsulates perfectly, it's as, whatever you're doing now is great, but when you were a kid, the 4th of July, the summer, were awesome. And this movie just nails everything about how awesome one summer can be. And then it does so with these like amazing characters who all have these really great nicknames that like many of us still remember. I'm wearing a shirt phone right now for Smalls. You had Benny the Jet Rodriguez. You had Squints, which eventually got the movie sued because they thought Squints was such an offensive name that they sued the movie. What? They lost, by the way. Um,
1: Who sued? uh,
0: Some, a guy who knew the director. That's a whole different tangent. Um, I love I love everything about this movie. I love Dennis Leary as the dad who just like, he's clear the stepdad who's like, he married the wife because he wanted to marry her and a kid came along with it. And he's like,
1: yeah, I can deal with the
0: kid. <laughs> That's and he's his willing, personality type. Yeah, and he's willing to put in the time. It's not like he's opposed to the kid, but clearly it's just like, yeah, a kid comes with a marriage. You're going to teach me how to play catch? I guess. And then beams <laughs> him in the face. Um I love that all these kids who are in the 60s are still obsessed with a baseball player from way before their time with uh, Babe Ruth. And I love that they never, ever refer to him as Babe Ruth. It's a really great writing technique. So they always use his nicknames. Uh, The Great Bambino, which is the first one that comes to mind because it's the one that the kid doesn't know. Um, And they do a great job making this whole, like, god out of Babe Ruth, which, I mean, he was good. There's no question about that. But he would be demolished in current baseball because he's a drunk and a fat guy.
1: Well, the only thing he was good at was hitting a ball and then getting it out so he could just kind of jolly go through the thing but
4: But he's a mythical superhero he is and And, like that's that's what he is
0: he is their superhero he is their superman and they do such a great job making him that thing to the point where when they eventually lose his baseball it's like that is their whole world crashing down and it's such a great moment um other things i love in this movie is i love the insults like, they have some of the best insults in a movie ever. Like, he is an L7 weenie. <laughs> like, I just love all these things. And, like, the the spitball back and forth between the kids who actually play baseball for the summer for their league versus just these Sandlot kids when they come and fight off against the ham. And just back and forth. It ends with, you play ball like a girl. <laughs> it's just... It's such, like, a great, fun atmosphere. And they did such a good job casting this movie with these kids where they actually feel like friends. Like, you totally buy into the relationship of everyone in the movie, and you feel like with uh, it's a thing that a lot of movies do, where they have the main character be this kind of, like, bland, faceless, like, hey, he's a kid, and they do it, I mean, hell, they even use it in Star Wars, arguably. It's, like, a way to make yourself feel like you are the main character. And they do a great job with this kid, where he's kind of shy, kind of timid, and all these kids are such a tight-knit group. So you kind of feel like him getting into the group. And then about halfway through the movie, he's no longer really the main character. And it's kind of an ensemble movie. You have the entire subplot with Squints trying to make out with the, uh, the lifeguard, which is hysterical and fucked up. And they totally even say after he does it, like, he did a horrible, rotten, dirty thing. Like they even acknowledge that you shouldn't do this. It's a really great thing of just how they do all this stuff. And then all the way up through the end of the movie where it turns into just this hunt to get the Babe Ruth ball back. And it turns into this great kind of adventure movie of kids versus a monster, which turns out just to be kind of a friendly dog. And Darth Vader. And then Darth Vader shows up. And it's just like, there's so many things in this movie. It's constantly evolving. It's constantly telling different stories, but it never feels like any of the stories don't get their right due everything has a good end to it, and then it all kind of comes together with this great ending and an epilogue, which I still remember, even when I'm not watching the movie, I still remember that the two Timmies go off and open up a supermarket. I remember, or uh, mini mall, and I remember that Benny the Jet becomes a full-on uh, baseball player, and that one of them, quote, got really into the 60s, and no one ever saw him again. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's so many great things in this movie that if anyone doesn't love it, you're out of your damn mind. Like, it's just so many great Wonderful moments that make me love it. And that's the end of my five minutes. All right, so what do you got?
2: You didn't touch upon how they promote tobacco use with children. Oh, you noticed that, did you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was a simpler time. Yeah. I, 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 I might have breezed s- over that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it was about. <laughs> a time of self-destruction, which is why they end up going into the <laughs> 60s and never seen again.
0: And to be fair, they do promote the use of tobacco with kids for a comedic effect, and then they never do it again. They even say, we'll stick to Big Chew after that. Not Big Chew, I whatever mean, they, that is. They, they Big throw chew, up over each each other. <laughs> Yeah, they throw up. Not it's one of the ch-
1: best throw-up sequences in any movie. It's
2: fantastic. Uh, it is me. product placement. Red Man is real, so how yeah. much uh, did they pay for that?
0: Probably too much. <laughs> 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 to um, make a bunch of kids eat. To and I love away. how much really, they eat. The- like You're not supposed to use that much chew. Like They're just using a fuckload of it like they
1: they're filling their mouths. <laughs> yeah um I'm trying to really, a way to derail this movie the, well this the only is thing a movie. i can think oh go ahead
4: the only thing i can really think of because this was going to be one of my choices if you <laughs> hadn't so one of the things i can think of is that the nostalgia of it t- a t- tied to a july 4th or a fourth of july or that sort of element is really person to person based so I see the movie and I think of summer, not necessarily, you know, 4th of July and patriotism and all that sort of stuff. Per the oh, kind it's of not the about overall, patriotism. No, no, it's but that's like, not per there. the overall <laughs> kind of theme we're going for, it would be, I feel like I don't feel quite as connected to that other than it's just a summer movie. So I mean, that, I'm reaching, you know. Yeah, that's a reach. <laughs> yeah, it's a Cause, reach, no, but that's
0: because I mean, it's the summer is capitalized by uh-huh. the Fourth of July. So yeah. when you think of the summer, you usually think of like what is like it's like when you think of the winter, the, the peak of the winter for most people is Christmas. It's the same thing for the summer. It's like the peak of the summer is Fourth of July. So everything kind of good childhood, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything kind of goes up to the Fourth of July and then comes down from the Fourth of July. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like the the middle of the movie. It totally works. Makes me excited for it.
4: But that in and in of itself is also kind of a defense on your side of it, too. Because it is like, yeah, it's there's a defending. lot to like about this movie. And really the biggest complaint is just that, yeah, it's, I don't have quite the connection to it. And that it doesn't quite remind me of 4th of July.
0: But it reminds me of the summer. Yeah. And
2: and how about the kid committing a felony? Like, what constitutes a grand larceny, like, over... <laughs> it, it dollars $10,000. Promote- $10, that ball's got to be at least worth $10,000. He yeah. gives it back. That, oh, destroyed. And then one that's way better that has all of the What would you do Like if you were to ruin the Mona Lisa and you still gave it? Like, oh, I like gave Mr. it back. Yeah. These are yeah. like yeah. Mr. Bean. <laughs> I give it back.
1: We like to think that these kids are romantic and everything. In this movie, they're shits. Uh, yeah, for everyone else <laughs> living in this neighborhood, they hate these kids. That's what
0: makes it so much fun, and why you want to be part of them because they're the fun, ru- like unruly kids.
1: They're like, like the the example that people would use against free range parenting. Like <laughs> these kids are terrors. They're going in everyone's lawns. They're stealing things. They're digging it up. They're building this giant something in the tree, and okay, we can't. They, stop that's these. why there's
2: indoor kids now because people don't want their kids out. Uh, with playing kids playing baseball <laughs> getting
0: time in the sun being athletic not getting being skin headed.
1: cancer scraping up their Melanova. knees so <laughs>
2: much laundry the summer is long I didn't and see full of one terror. scene where any sunscreen was applied yeah
3: <laughs> that's it no sunscreen it. <laughs> uh, that's where I, I draw think the line it
2: was the They're 60s they didn't die. use a lot of uh, sunscreen in the 60s <laughs> and, and when it was hot that day they are just drinking sodas instead of water like what how was that what you when you were a kid uh, like how was be, that hydrating to
4: be fair that was I was doing that that's what I did too yeah Once I was introduced to soda, water was out.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I think that depicting children as little rascals, so to speak, is totally within the realm of possibility. I think being a kid means not being considerate of others and kind of doing whatever you want to do, breaking rules just because it's fun. I think this movie is very similar to A Christmas Story in that it is a period piece, but it just finds these perfect little moments of childhood that are just universal. To Remember, it's we're funny. supposed Everyone. to be bringing him down, not bringing him I'm up. I'm leading to it. I'm leading <laughs> to it. Okay. I was Because say, this you- is the most severe put down like I can possibly get this movie oh thank you <laughs> this was the go-to movie in my public school system for the teachers to put on when they wanted to just relax and not teach class that day oh it's so a lazy movie I have seen this movie hundreds of times <laughs> when I was sitting in a sweaty classroom I want to I want to go outside and play or go home and play video games which was the honest truth yeah <laughs> but this movie is something that I was forced to watch at school because I had teachers who didn't want to do their job for that day because they were they needed a break after dealing with all of our craziness and
0: sociopathy all school year long. I would argue that that's why the movie is so good because it's great for kids and any kid can watch it, proven by they even play it in school, it's even though they say like, shit um, to us. Uh, nope. time's up.
1: Ah, uh, damn it.
3: <laughs> Look, it's great the first they 500 times. They don't like times. girls,
1: okay? There's no girls in this movie except they for the They love mom. Wendy Peffercore. They just the want only to take girl advantage sexually of sexually violated. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey, they end up getting married, and they have nine kids. Oh, good, so she liked it. So it was
1: that. So it's okay.
2: That argument doesn't count. After the <laughs> Strike that from the record. What are <laughs> they saying? Uh, like, uh, Jury, please disregard Middle that Eastern thing. countries, like, uh... <laughs> You're forced to marry your rapist.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. It's true. Um, I'll go next again, for my Again, all of that movie. was after the timer. It
2: does not count.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I want to go next for my movie. Inadmissible.
0: Inadmissible. <laughs> all right, your timer has started, Chewie. What's your movie again? Uh
1: My movie is The Great Escape, starring Steve McQueen, James Garner, and Richard Attenborough. Ooh. Hashtag Jurassic Park Man.
0: Which you did not know until I pointed it out to you.
1: It's true. He does not look at all like he, he does not have white hair. He does not have a good grandpa beard at all in this film. He looks completely different. There was like Strapping, 40 years you might apart. Say. <laughs> yeah. Um though he does have that familiar scar. He does. Which if you can remember from Jurassic Park. Nope. Um Where the Dinosaur ha- bit him? Yeah. No. Yes. Yes, a dinosaur. There's that time was a Nazi. As well. yeah. Uh so this movie is all about um a POW camp and it's a big mixture. There's only actually three Americans in it. The rest, there's a Canadian, there's some Scotsman, there's Englishmen, there's some Frenchmen. It's just all these, like, really crafty dudes that the Nazis have uh, shot down and captured. They put them all in this one camp, because they're all kind of like in the sandlot. They're all just like these scrappers that you can't control. So they're like, this is going to be the ultimate prison. Uh, and so, what do they do? They do what any good soldier does, and they figure out how to escape over and over again. Um, and... So they do tunnels, and they end up getting out, and then the rest of the film is just them either getting away or not getting away. And in the end, this entire film, like the reason it makes me patriotic, and the reason I think about it when I think about the 4th of July, beyond that they actually do celebrate the 4th of July in the camp in this film, slash the Americans figure out how to make liquor, go America. <laughs> <laughs> liquor and uh, guns. <laughs> there's not really much gunplay in this movie, very little for a movie about Nazis, Um, but it's all about just, like, the great American spirit, and it's not even, like, specifically to Americans, it's just about the human spirit, and how, when you get stuck in these really terrible situations, all you can do is just keep trying to fuck it up, trying to get back at the man, which is, the man is the Nazis, and... They're not even trying to be too violent. They're just trying to get out and then run amok. The whole point is them getting out and then distracting the Nazis so that there's chaos within Germany, not just on the front lines. But they're just trying to do what they can as POWs. And they do a great job. Like One of the things that Brian complains about is the lightheartedness of this film.
0: Yeah, I'll bring that up.
1: I'm just waiting. But it's true. It's not... It's about the spirit of these men doing what they needed to do and not getting depressed, which, you know, most people would do when stuck in a prison after three years. And they do mention that a lot, that they've been POWs for three plus years, a lot of them. But they don't give up. Like, they still like, all right, this sucks, but we have to do what we need to do. And to me, that's very American. Like, that's very, like okay, so we do get put down, whatever, that's part of American history, but when we're getting put down, you have to stay positive, you have to work together, you have to be smart. And I think this movie celebrates that so much better, more than Red Dawn, because Red Dawn's all about the violence of not getting put down, and this is just all about the planning, and thinking, and working together, and doing everything that you can, even though everything's stacked against you. But then the 4th of July celebration in this film just comes out of left field, really cuz you just it's a very plotting film and then you get to the 4th of July and it's a surprise cuz they you see the Americans a few times taking the potatoes mm-hmm. and you don't really know why and the English are looking at them like why are the Americans taking all the potatoes and so then you find out that they're distilling vodka essentially some super strong vodka and yep. all the Americans just drink it like it's nothing and then everyone else drinks it and it's like it's like turpentine almost but which does
0: not make sense at all if you know anything about drinking in America we get Blasted by almost every other country who actually drinks.
1: Whatever, <laughs> in this movie we're awesome because we are, and it's fun that they put a little little skit together. They get they make it they figure out how to make a drum. They get an American flag somehow in a German concentration. Not because <laughs> these are the worst Nazis
0: ever. Um, Again, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, and then they go up to the British, and then they go. They just march up to the British, and they're like, "Down with the British!" And the British go, "Hi ho!" <laughs> and like they understand. <laughs> And they're like, let's all drink together. And then they all just get together, and it's all one big group of happy dudes getting drunk. And but then the they have this... Su- the for some reason. Well, because it's a POW camp, you're not supposed to kill them there. You
0: could, Okay. <laughs> I have f- 15 seconds to wait until I can complain about uh, that. <laughs>
1: and it has one of the most like iconic things in cinema anywhere. Like, guy going into solitary, just in a confined space, throwing his ball against the wall... And staying cool. Like, they've done that in Mission Impossible. They've done it in so many cartoons. They've done it in, like, you have this Uh, movie to thank for that sequence.
0: (laughs) In Chicken Run. Yeah, whatever. Chicken Run is such The great escape. Which is the better version of the Great Escape. No, the Great
1: Escape is the better version of the Great (laughs) Escape.
0: I disagree. I'd much rather watch Chicken Run. Um, If
1: not only Chicken Run has an anti Semitic guy as the main character, so.
2: He's a rooster voiced
0: by Mel Gibson. Why aren't the
2: villains all in this movie just anti-Semitic? <laughs> yeah, I would say so.
0: <laughs>
1: I know, but the hero of, of Chicken Run is anti-Semitic. <laughs>
0: there's quite a few anti-Semitic people in this one.
1: <laughs> Which they never actually... They, they, yeah, they don't actually tap onto that nope. in this film. There's no Jews in this film.
0: Nope, there's one... Well, they
1: would have gotten sent to an movie. actual concentration camp and not a POW camp. <laughs> True. Um.
2: In the words of Trump, like I don't think uh, we should make heroes out of people that get caught. <laughs> oh <God>. <laughs> <laughs> No, my this major. Is
1: why Trump should
0: not be. <laughs> Just <laughs> this reason. So That's many. That's the one. I so hate the Great Escape.
1: <laughs> I'm glad this
0: podcast cracked it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hate Trump so much. No,
0: my major complaint with this movie, which you kind of touched on a little bit there for a second, is I hate the tone of it. And like the, I, I am not a fool. I know where it stands in like the the greater scheme of great films throughout time. I understand that it is a wonderful film. But there's something about watching all of your heroes get mowed down. Not all mis- of them. A vast majority of the heroes they getting mowed. They told mo- him
1: at the beginning of the film, if you escape again, we're going to kill you.
0: Sure. But still, they take a huge chunk of the heroes, who we've been rooting for this whole time, watch them get out of the back of a truck, and then get mowed down by a machine gun. And then within two minutes, we have that cheery music again. And he's like, I'm off back to solitary to throw my ball against the wall. This is so much fun. It totally undercuts the drama of the movie. And for me, like that's been like...
1: It, it totally plays my to the plot. It plays to the plot of... they even it talk plays about to the, the guy theme. That, it does
0: not play to the plot. It undercuts the plot. They even said
1: the one dude knew the risks. He knew that he was marked by the SS. And he did exactly what he wanted to do. They escaped. They wanted to run amok. They wanted to distract the Nazis from the front. And that's what they did. He got killed doing it, but he accomplished his goal.
0: I understand that. But it still doesn't fit the tonality of what comes after it.
1: It doesn't fit the tonality of actual war but it fits the tonality of this film, which is about how you need to accomplish your goals and stick with it no matter what. And yeah, that's why it keeps a cheery tone because he did that. They did everything sure. they set out to do.
0: <laughs> uh, no, but as far as like the 4th of July stuff, oh, there's really not a complaint I can have against it because the 4th of July scene... Is probably the best scene in the movie. outside of the motorcycle jump, which
1: it's great when they go down with the British and they go radio. Right yeah. that, that's a pretty
0: good scene. I can't agree <laughs> with that one.
1: And then one dude gets a little like like a little drunk and he goes asks him be like, so how are you guys doing over there? Like, <laughs> like you doing it? And they're like, we're doing pretty great without you. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great sequence
0: it is but the movie as a whole like i I just i don't know there's something about the great escape it just it for me it overstays its welcome like three hours it is a long movie it's
1: two hours and 51 minutes yeah
0: it's a it's a long which we
1: watched on laser disc we had to flip it three times sweet
0: (laughs) (laughs) why would you flip it three times because it's on three discs oh (laughs) man one side two side one side yeah Okay. So, oh, you literally, man. I thought it was like a three-sided disc. No, I was trying it's, to it's just that super, it's two super disc. it's
1: on three sides.
0: Yeah. Boy. It's a pain in the ass.
3: Neither of you have brought up the motorcycle.
0: I just said the motorcycle jump, which well, is pretty... Well, you should bring it up. Three I'm defending yeah. <laughs> I'm defending
1: this movie for the fourth of July, not for how awesome Steve McQueen is. That but is Steve like Mc...
3: the first, second, and fifth argument.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Steve McQueen is the man. Like he yeah. he's not necessarily the main character of this film, no matter how much like the cover art likes to suggest. He's a he's one of the main sub characters, and the movie ends well, the movie, with him.
0: The movie's
3: more of an ensemble than it is in a aren't, yeah. aren't Charles Bronson and James Coburn in this too?
1: Charles Bronson is in yep. it. He's the digger. Uh, who has wonderful conflict. He is a guy who's a professional escapee who builds tunnels, but he's claustrophobic. Um, it's like That's like an, uh, the epitome of getting over things to do your jobs and complete a mission. Like The will of humanity within his own character of being able to overcome his deepest fears to make sure that he can accomplish his goal is amazing.
0: Yeah, but he's not American, so he doesn't count. Yes,
1: he is. Charles <laughs> Bronson's American. I think
0: movie. James
3: Coburn is the guy who walks off at the end. Like he makes it,
1: James, which one's he? James yeah, yeah,
0: you're right. Yeah, the one. He's the one who kind of gets out of. Uh, is he, the he goes one? through Spain or? Out oh of yeah, France he's the one that gets yeah. with
1: the French uh, resistance. And then into Spain, yeah. Yeah. Which is another great sequence when he finds this, per chance, happens to go to the right cafe to get with the French resistance. It's amazing. It's let really, me let lucky. me
3: ask you: Is this movie better than Stalag Seventeen?
1: I haven't seen that.
3: <laughs> Billy Wilder. I haven't seen. Anything. William Holden. Nope. Nobody. Nope. Sorry. So one <laughs> argument would be that Stalag Seventeen is better. Is it uh, another POW camp movie? Yes. <laughs> okay. So if you're going to yeah. go with a classic POW movie, I would say Stalag 17 might be the better choice. I would say that choosing a movie to win this battle makes you proud to be an American, makes you patriotic. I think this movie is far and away the best movie that has been discussed Yes, yet. This is absolutely an American classic. But Who stars mostly
1: British people. <laughs> as...
3: As happens. (laughs) (laughs) I would say that due to this battle, the proud to be an American theme, because this is so heavily indebted to the horrors of war, which is an ugly reality of our world, war is not a good thing. War is not something that we should salivate over. War is something that when you film it, Steven Spielberg famously said that anytime you shoot a war, it immediately glorifies it because it's so damn exciting. And with this movie, it yes, it is a tremendous example of Americans overcoming tremendous and difficulties to succeed. But I didn't. I just left on a note of positivity. <laughs> that's, that's really Delivering. unfortunate.
0: Thank you. Because you've gotten very good at coming at the last minute and then ripping somebody's movie totally down. Yeah. That time your 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 build up to the takedown was a little too long. So yeah. you just end with this really positive note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Elliot's rooting for Chewy. You're
1: right there. <laughs> Thank you.
2: Uh, Brock, I think it's time for the Burbs. All right. Um, I chose the Burbs because it's probably the best movie we're going to discuss here today. <laughs> uh, I'm sharpening my knife.
1: It's, it does have a second Star Wars character. It's a, a Joe Princess Dante Leia. film. I love Joe Dante.
2: Uh, it stars three great American actors Tom Hanks Bruce Dern and Corey Feldman it's about it's two great ones <laughs> coming together as a as a neighborhood which uh you discussed in the sound lot like that's one of the best things about the fourth of July is coming together with your neighbors for a common theme which is hey these guys are different let's see why they're different and let's get them out of our neighborhood. <laughs> Which is very American. <laughs>
0: it's sadly true. <laughs>
2: and plus, the doctor is played by the Nazi and uh, Blues Brothers. So, yep. There's some Nazi themes. Gibson.
0: Is that his name? I believe. so. Uh, He's uh, Fraser's think... dad
3: on Fraser. No 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 no, 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 no. No. It's the what guy that
2: plays that? the Nazi and uh, Blues Brothers. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the guy's a yeah, Nazi. Yeah, it's the
3: same guy. That's the same guy. No. Yeah, he's in Say Anything, as I Only It Sky's is Henry Gibson, father. he's right.
2: Is yeah. it?
0: Henry Gibson, Yeah. Well, you
2: said Frazier's dad and Yeah, Fraser. he
3: played more than one part during his career. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
2: I thought you meant the TV show <laughs> Frazier with the yes. guy with the dog. That's not him. Yes, it is. No, I'm that's still... John Mahoney. God yeah. damn it. Yeah, there yeah it I is.
3: Sad Trumbo <laughs> Okay, so John KF. Mahoney, my bad. I totally <laughs> undercut you, and I apologize. Your time is running out, so... <laughs>
2: So, right at the beginning of the movie, Bruce Stern, a veteran of, I'm assuming, Vietnam, the Lost War. So, we should celebrate him already because, you know, he's a veteran. He comes out, he's got a cool rigged system where he puts his flag up, hits a button, and it goes up on his own. He's married to a younger, attractive woman. What old guy wouldn't want to do that? It's very American. You know? Yep. I just, (laughs) this whole. I'm not disagreeing with you at this point. (laughs) I want
3: to point out that Chewie left in disgust over this
0: film. (laughs) Um, Every time, because it's American, just fuck this (laughs) amount.
2: Oh, yeah. And Carrie Fisher's in it, who everyone in America loves as Princess Leia. Um, (laughs) Not as the wife in this movie? (laughs) Well, she is, but like you see her and you you don't think, oh, that's Tom Hanks' wife. Little known fact,
4: she is the mascot for America, not the eagle. Yeah yeah exactly
2: <laughs> how much time do i have two minutes <laughs> two <laughs> minutes oh, i'm trying to think what else i could say i mean the movie speaks for itself <laughs> uh yeah tom hanks is arguably the greatest american living actor so we got that going for it
0: yeah, that's a tough one to argue with yeah um,
2: that's true it just got this whole summer vibe to it like tom hanks is on vacation. His wife wants to go to the lake, but he just wants he wants to hang out with his buddy Art all, uh, all week. And I don't think relax. he to hang out with
0: Art. I think he just wants to sit down and not do anything.
2: He wants week. to drink beers and listen to the ball game Yeah, and show off his tools that he never plans on building yeah. anything. An <laughs> American other. hero, to be sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it's all about coming together and ousting the different people. <laughs> <laughs> Which in this day and time, it's just like we're living that it's right now. I'm not I saying I agree with it. <laughs> I think they
3: reverse that at the end, right? Don't they like realize that? Oh, maybe we shouldn't be such. No, because then it turns. Yeah, out but
2: their right. intuitions oh, great, were good. right. Yeah. Oh, perfect. So always. <laughs> so your racism your in- is correct. Yeah, yeah. your Always
4: trust your intuitions. Yeah. 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 It's not if you see something, say something. It's if you feel something,
2: do say something. something. Do something. Yeah,
4: yeah,
0: don't say shit. Just go kick them out of your <laughs> yeah. Your, yeah. your cul-de-sac.
2: Yeah you know sneak into the backyard of your neighbor dig up whatever you yep. can't find you know do a b and e blow up their house blow up their house
4: <laughs> 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 and cul-de-sacs are very very american
2: that part is yeah actually true yeah and i think i think the garbage man in the movie had the best line he's like people who live on cul-de-sacs are weird people because <laughs> there's only one way out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which i think is a great line <laughs> Uh, you got thirty seconds. Do you have any final points to make no. for the defense in this movie? No, no, I think uh, no.
0: <laughs> How did you ever do ten minutes? <laughs> it's it's a little bit more conversation and interrupting to try to keep people moving. Oh, and this you.
2: was like uh, the go-to uh, movie uh, when my dad had me on the weekend. Oh.
0: <laughs> All right. So, Elliot, you said you're sharpening your knives. You want to go first this time? I love
3: Joe Dante. Gremlins, Gremlins 2, Small Soldiers. I'm totally up for Joe Dante. This is a movie where the Corey Feldman character is constantly shouting how funny everything is. (laughs) I love living in the suburbs because there's all this crazy, funny stuff happening. And he does
2: break the fourth wall in the last two seconds of the movie. Nothing kills a
3: comedy more than a character constantly (laughs) insisting that what you're seeing is really funny and you should really be laughing and really be enjoying this. Huh? 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 I can never
1: get behind this being the... Movie for America about America because I generally hate the suburbs in real life. Now
0: <laughs> I will say that as much as I want to disagree with you, your your argument of this is America is sadly accurate, yeah. and I really hate how accurate it but is, which is why I want to say I disagree with this movie.
1: But that's not <laughs> what the Fourth of July is about. The Fourth of July is not about re- looking at what we really are. It's about glorifying ourselves.
0: I mean, it's I mean in, again in. Helping his defense Although I don't want to It is about kicking people out We want our independence Get the fuck out But
1: America is supposed to be About bringing people in This
0: This battle If I understand correctly Is proud to be
3: an American Not horrified to be an American (laughs) (laughs) Yeah
1: We bring Give us your poor Give us your Odd Give us your oppressed But I don't know what the the poem give is. us your
0: odd it's not give us your odd
1: I <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> give us your yeah. strange and bedeviled supposed be. we're supposed to be welcoming <laughs> yeah. to our neighbors
4: but I mean almost again in defense don't want to defend this one it's the steam has been kind of what these movies are projecting as like what makes us like what this what is 4th of July what is American patriotism and all that like whether it's good or bad or whether we agree with it or disagree with it I would say so in one way yeah. th- that could be
0: you know the positive or negative yeah well, for me, it's kind of going on what uh, Elliot was saying a moment ago. Like when it comes to Joe Dante, like I, I will see any movie he makes, whether or not it's good. I it might take me a while. I still haven't seen *Burying the X*. Like it might take me a while to get around to it. But there's certain great Joe Dante, and then there's movies like *The Explorers*, where it's just like, what the I fuck remembered am I watching? I it fondly as a
1: child. We should not have rewatched it.
0: <laughs> I put this one more in the *Explorers* route, where it's like.
1: It's okay. I'm really sad that I had such great memories of that film and then rewatched watched it on a nostalgic night. And now I'm Ooh. like...
0: Does it
3: just fall apart in the last five minutes? Or is it just suck the whole... The entire way. last
0: third act just completely okay. falls apart. Which is kind of what I feel about this one. Because I really love like kind of what Brock was saying. I love the setup for this movie. This whole like crazy cul-de-sac of people. Like It's really cool. Everyone would come together, being pals and hating those guys. And then it just kind of falls apart. And it never really feels like... America to me in any good way, which is fine, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Because,
1: yeah, that's what the suburbs, like, stew paranoia and, like, drug use and... Brock, do you
0: have anything to say in your defense of this?
2: There were no, Consul. there was no drug use. Uh, oh this please! Movie. Just because you didn't see Corey
1: Feldman use it doesn't mean it wasn't. There doing was it.
2: underage drinking. I would imagine they were all underage. There's definitely underage. But that's drink. very and American. There's no way that Corey
0: Feldman is not high when he's like, but the pizza guy is coming. <laughs> the entire last act of the movie, all he talks about is that's cool, and the pizza guy is coming. And then I like how, as the movie goes on, his voice gets more and more Donatello. So <laughs> by the end, it's just pure Donatello. Yeah, has got a like, shell on his back. Yeah, might as well. It uh, is a prequel, after all. Yeah.
1: That's just I just hate the suburbs. Like, I hate that as we get older, we're probably going to move into one.
2: We already did. We live in Burbank.
1: But it's not <laughs> really a suburb. You are the suburb, suburb of suburb. California. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's not really, like, a, not this type of suburb.
2: It's probably been 20 years since I've seen the movie. Until last night, and for some reason, I thought it happened on 4th of July week. <laughs> the entire time.
0: I mean, it does kind of have that like 4th of July summer vacation feel to it, even though I think it takes place in the fall. I because they're all wearing like sweatshirts and coats the whole movie.
1: No, Carrie Fisher's wearing summer dresses the whole time.
0: Oh, yeah, I guess you're
3: right. Is Joe Dante Canadian? I have no idea. I'm just wondering, because this seems, talking about how Tom Hanks' character is just kind of, he's not fat, but he's just the lazy American who wants to sit on his couch, drink beer. He's from New Jersey. And then uh, Joe Dante is? Yep. Alright, so this is probably based on people he knew, maybe. I don't know what New Jersey is like, I just know the accent. Most people
1: yeah. say New is not a great place.
3: I think that... The Tom Hanks character is not somebody to idolize. He's kind of a, an American boob, which is what a lot of uneducated people are like who fear the unknown and don't want to do anything meaningful with their lives aside from doing the minimum effort required to be a husband and father. And again, I don't think,
1: this, all that. Yeah.
2: I don't think got, this is an aspirational gonna film. He's going to fix the barbecue at <laughs> some point <laughs> this week. Oh my God. And that's time. <laughs> And he also is going to get a garage door remote.
1: <laughs> Whoa, he's going to go
2: to Home Depot and spend $1.95? This is the 80s, I'm sure. It was It was up. like 80 cents then.
0: I, I love the final argument. He's going to fix the barbecue at some point. It's <laughs> a good final statement. All right, Elliot, you've been bashing everyone's movies very well. Can you defend your own? I'll try. <laughs> your confidence gives uh, me strength. <laughs> All right, it's time. I will feed you. Go. This movie is called Dave.
3: It came out in the early 90s. It is a comedy for grown-ups, the kind of movie that Hollywood does not make anymore, directed by Ivan Reitman of Ghostbusters fame, written by Gary Ross, who went on to write and direct Pleasantville, which is another movie I really adore. It is about an ordinary man named Dave, played by Kevin Kline, uh, he has an uncanny resemblance to the President of the United States, Bill Mitchell, also played by Kevin Klein, and he uses it as a way to get a little extra money appearing as a presidential impersonator at events. The story launches when... The real president has his Secret Service guys, led by Ving Rhames, in a hilarious performance. Very deadpan. Very skinny, Ving Rhames. <laughs> uh, this is pre-Pulp Fiction Ving Rhames. Yeah. He goes to get Dave and have him impersonate the president at a public event so that the president can slip off to a hotel room and fuck the brains out of a White House secretary played Laura by Lenny. Laura Linney. Yep. I love Laura Linney. During this extramarital affair, the president has a stroke and falls into a coma. Dave is t- is placed as the replacement for the president by the chief of staff, played by Frank Langella in a deliciously evil performance. He would go on to play Richard Nixon in Frost Nixon. Great performance. The chief of staff sees this as an opportunity to pull the president's strings, take political power for himself, but Dave isn't going to be a puppet. He's... As he becomes more comfortable with the idea of being the most powerful man in the United States, he sees opportunities to do good things, to extract $650 million from the national budget so that he can fund these homeless shelters throughout the country. Dave is somebody who is placed into this position through sheer circumstance because he's lucky enough to look like the President of the United States. Us, all of us in this room, we didn't earn the right to be Americans. We were just born here through chemistry and luck. And Dave gives us an example watching this movie of take the opportunities that you've been given in life and do something positive help other people live the dream of the American Founding Fathers when they drafted the Declaration of Independence and with this film I chose it because it really inspires me especially in an election cycle that is insane. horrifying. (laughs) horrifying it inspires me that there are people out there who know what's right and they're not going to give in to the pressures of capitalism and greed dave could go to jail for his entire life if he's found out impersonating the president that's it's never been done before but it's like it probably wouldn't be seen lightly by anyone so he's putting it all on the line to help other people And that's beautiful to me. This movie is not only compassionate as hell, it's also extremely funny. It's very well written. Sigourney Weaver plays the first lady and she isn't just the clueless wife who's bumbling around as a sidekick. She is actually somebody who is very much the equal of her husband. She she sees through the charade immediately, calls him out on it. And there isn't a point where she's just going along with things in the plot like Annie McDowell from Multiplicity or whatever.
0: (laughs) She is... Why the dig in Multiplicity?
3: (laughs) I'm just firing shots in every direction. She is... She's part of the team and together she and Dave do that thing with the budget to really make a positive difference in the world. And there's also a cameo from Arnold Schwarzenegger shortly after he filmed Terminator 2 Judgment Day. So this is just like a great underrated american classic that i think everyone should see there's also uh
0: cameos by shit loads of people in politics also jay leno yeah and, and Jay <laughs> leno. uh you have one minute left if you have anything else you want to say about it before i start saying why you're wrong okay other
3: cast members <laughs> include ben kingsley as the vice president uh he is somebody who's kind of held in mystery the entire movie and when we finally see him, I remember watching this movie for the first time and kind of holding my breath because Ben Kingsley has a history of playing heavies in films like Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. <laughs> <laughs> and the movie that had
1: no Persians in it.
3: This movie, when you finally meet Ben Kingsley, it's kind of a reveal of subverting your expectations. And I think Ben Kingsley, you know, we know him from great films like Sexy Beast. In this movie, he kind of goes... Off of your expectations a little bit, and he delivers a performance that's really understated and moving. Uh also in this movie is Five. Bonnie Hunt.
1: <laughs> Bonnie Hunt. She is, she pops
0: up for a second, he's not wrong.
1: Like a bunny, Bonnie Hunt.
0: Uh okay, so Here's the thing with Dave. Uh, you say it's hilarious. I don't think I laughed like more than twice in the whole movie. <laughs> it doesn't really tickle my funny bone, to say the least. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. It's a very sweet movie. It's very endearing and nice. So Gordy Weaver does not realize... Uh, she does not realize for a while into the movie that he's... De- that not she doesn't spend
3: any time with the president at all, so there's well, no yeah, opportunity
0: for her to. But she sees him naked and still doesn't recognize that that's not her husband. Like she walks in on in the shower, and then he just kind of stands there, and she still doesn't realize that that's Chewy, not him. If
3: you saw an exact like copy of Brian naked but in the
0: shower, face up. I mean, we don't know neck down. We, the we answer only... is
1: yes, I know the difference.
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because every
1: single person has their own body language
0: and penis,
1: and the and <laughs> you would have to spend an exuberant amount of time to be able to duplicate somebody's mannerisms, honestly. And I ha- do not believe that he would be able to do it. And any their mannerisms. Any wife who is actually in love with her husband would and she's, not. He she's, not. She's, she's not. She's not. She's not in does, love with him. She does hate okay. him. Is that? She spends
3: no time so with him. So there's the
1: defense there.
3: <laughs> I would say this is the classic face-off argument of whether <laughs> John Travolta could successfully imitate Nicolas Cage and vice versa. And to a certain extent, that's just suspension of disbelief.
0: I, I'll, I'll give you that much. There's the suspension of disbelief. But for me, I, I there's this movie has a big ask of you need to you need to suspend the disbelief that she wouldn't recognize him, that the people wouldn't recognize him. They do bring up there's one guy in like a conspiracy. Oliver thing. Stone. It one wasn't guy. Oliver Stone? <laughs> I didn't realize that was Oliver Stone. Yeah, this is right after JFK. So oh, having him is that very fantastic. Like to me yeah, the
1: big thing good. with this film is I don't try to tout myself as the world's biggest, like, movie person. Mm-hmm. But I do credit myself that I can recognize a film whether or not I've actually seen it or remember that it happened this film I had no memory of
0: just even click on the radar did
1: it, did, until you said in, yeah I kept forgetting that this movie was even a thing until he just mentioned that Kevin Kline starred in it <laughs> and then I went oh a how little old were bit you in 1993 1993 I was 10 but I remember a lot of movies from 1993
3: this was aimed at adults
1: doesn't matter. I still remember that movies happened specifically because I like Kevin Klein. Mm-hmm. And I forgot this movie happened. I mean okay.
0: but Kevin Kline, I mean, to his credit, Kevin Klein does do a great job in this movie. Like as both the dickhole president but and the importance Dave. level
1: of this film goes completely like flat when it's just, like completely like gone from my brain in my mm-hmm. mind. In my opinion more so. And you say like it's a great thing about the representation of the humans of the being American but the way you describe it, I mean, I did not get a chance to watch this with Brian because I worked some days this week. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I know I'm not supposed to mention that, You're but not. it's pretty <laughs> obvious in the way that I'm talking about it. Um, it to me, like the way this film actually represents something that I hate about America, uh, is like nepotism and people getting into positions they don't deserve because of dumb luck. Like, that's actually something I don't like about life in general, is somebody getting a really high-ranking position because they just kind of, like, either slept their way to it or whatnot happened to look like the person. Like, that's not a good way to reason now, to get a job.
0: I-, I will make the argument in defense of the movie because, like I said, it's not bad. It's a very sweet movie. He might not have deserved to be the president, but he actually does a very good job with the job.
1: Does he fuck it up at some point? Nope. No. Mm. I
0: Like I mentioned, we didn't deserve the right to be <sighs> Americans.
3: Like, we were just born here. So much about life is just lucky breaks. So many filmmakers and actors, like, they got the career they got because they happened to run into this person or show up for this one thing, and it launched them on something great. There are so many people in life, in general, who are, you know, very wealthy or very successful, and it doesn't mean they're better than all the other person that are trying to get to that level. It just means that they caught a lucky break. And what matters isn't that you caught the lucky break. What matters is what you do once you have that lucky break. And so for me, this is an example of when you get put into a position where it's very easy to just be corrupt and take money and be an asshole to everybody around you, but... Really making the effort to leave the place better than when you got there Dave works at a temp agency uh, at the start of this movie and he's constantly trying to find work for Unemployed people like his life's mission is to help other people and so when he gets into the Oval Office, he tries to do that on a much bigger scale when really he has all the luxuries of being a president, which means he could just go on comedians and cars with coffee and <laughs> chit chat with Jerry Seinfeld all day long. That
2: wasn't a thing in ninety three. Oh, oh that's, shit. <laughs> that's that just he just <laughs> argument. Did and the I realized that. When did oh. Seinfeld start? <laughs> Damn. damn. No, started, what, in 90? 89. That
0: Shit, was the damn. block in which the Jenga Tower...
4: Yeah, and <laughs> <cards>. Elliot
2: <laughs> almost
0: was going to win it there, and then he had to go and be wrong about time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I. you think I would
3: have known that, because I don't yeah. think YouTube was around in 93. It was not. Yeah. And, and you're thinking Shit. about, about
1: my age. Jurassic Park came out in 92. I was nine. 93. 93. Ninety-three, whatever. 93. Still, I was. Oh, dead. you. That movie. was a oh, movie that
4: was, oh, movie. That was <laughs> <children. She> just <laughs> lost
0: hers.
1: How did I ever lose it? I remember that movie very specifically. Not
4: specifically the year.
1: Whatever. <laughs> oh man, yesterday
4: in two thousand ten. Oh shit, I got it too. <laughs>
3: I mean, I
1: it's just like 94.
3: this. I mentioned. I mentioned this is an adult comedy. Like, yes, it's not hilarious like Animal House or something. Yes, but it's something mm. that House is. Isn't that funny. It's not either. It's, it's funnier even, than this. I wasn't <laughs> even
1: born when The Great Escape came out, and it's one of my all-time favorites.
3: Yeah, I did mention that this movie was
0: underrated. Yeah. That was part of the argument. It's, to be fair, it was underrated, and it's completely forgot. at this point. Yeah, it's, it's time to start God. voting on who wins the day. <laughs> We're all so just, just darting eyes at each other. Man, system. you know what? Yeah.
4: This is great because this we got heated. Yeah. And that was very much American. <laughs> that, that I, was, yeah. I was keeping my eyes on
0: the I'm weapons right, that you're are wrong. on the table. At <laughs> well, some point, somebody reaches for the plastic shotgun. I'm, I'm right!
1: right! <laughs> <laughs> there might still be pellets in that.
0: <laughs> uh, they're both kind of
3: pointed
4: at me. I'm so <laughs> <laughs> sharing. Perfect.
0: Perfect. It's American spin the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good uh okay so for today we're gonna vote can't vote for your own okay elliot since you've been talking the most recently <laughs> we're just gonna go in reverse orders basically that's I'm kind
1: sorry. of america right there you're the last thing i can remember you're so. the
4: last <laughs> thing i you win <laughs> All right.
0: so the part of the podcast
4: where we filibuster <laughs> yeah i was just,
3: like you were yeah. gonna say time's up and it's like i'm not <laughs> i'm not being silenced
1: gonna <laughs> keep talking
3: Uh, I was about to go into my Star Wars Avengers crossover. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. So, all right. So it was uh, Sandlot. Sandlot. Red Dawn. uh, Great Escape. Great Escape. The Burbs. Dave. So I will vote for The Great Escape because in viewing this contest of being proud to be an American, the one that fills you with the most national pride that makes you look up at those fireworks exploding in the sky and being genuinely moved by them. I think that The Great Escape is an incredible example of Americans refusing to give up and doing something that should be absolutely impossible, but through teamwork and cooperation and ingenuity, making it happen. Yes, they didn't all get out alive at the end, but, you know... The fact that some of them did makes it worth it. It's better to save a few people than none of them yeah. at all. Uh, did there's no indication of what happened to Steve McQueen at the end? Is no, there? he goes back in. The, that's the end. He of the He goes movie back into the battle. cooler. Yeah. But we don't know. Like uh, there's no, there isn't a postscript that says no. like he was eventually arrested. I
1: mean, if you know anything about World War II, the, you know that they probably <laughs> oh yeah got Captain out. American guy. They, they, yeah. like, <laughs> they got saved rather soon because they were in jail. They were all in the prison for like three and a half years already at this point. So you get the feeling that the war's already almost over. Anyway. So
3: they should have just like hung tight.
1: Well, they didn't know that. Yes, <laughs> but we know that in hindsight.
0: <laughs> so Brock, what are you voting for, and what are you not voting for?
2: Um, what am I gonna vote for? I, I, I would say The Sandlot because uh, yeah, yeah, it is it's it's timeless. You can rewatch it as many times as possible, and it never really gets old. It's pretty great. And I played on the, the rich kids' field growing up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's my tie-in. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go with Sandlot.
1: I want to vote for myself, but you I know not You can't. I can't. Uh, so I will vote for the Sandlot. Hell
0: yeah, you will.
1: Uh, beyond all of the things that you listed, Brian, uh, with my own personal feelings on it, uh, like a lot of, I agree with a lot of things you say that makes the movie great. It is a timeless film, and it is a type of film that uh, anyone can get into there's enough uh, archetype representations of characters in there that you can all d- like relate and as a woman who has been taught her entire life to relate with men when men don't relate with women I did get into all those guys like I did see parts of myself in all those dudes and every time they yelled you throw like a girl I was annoyed I'd be like I could throw that at your face and you'd be bleeding but I don't get to actually do that in this film so I'll just go with it. Um,
0: They address it in the sequel.
1: Yeah, they do. After a while. Uh, You've
3: actually seen The Sandlot 2. Yeah. Why didn't you nominate that one? (laughs) Because I've seen The
1: Sandlot Uh, 2. And it has Darth Vader in it. And a big old dog that just misunderstood and you just need to cuddle with it. Who's a misunderstood boy? (laughs) So it's It's, it's got lots of things in it that I enjoy. All
4: right. Quick answer. I'm going to go with Great Escape. Okay. And the long answer is, it was tough. I enjoyed all these movies. And it boiled a lot of it did end up boiling down to very just minute arguments on each one and you can sell nostalgia to a heartless bastard like me so that really is points in its favor and like through you talking about it i was like you know maybe i can maybe i can i can maybe that does feel like you know something that maybe i didn't necessarily catch while watching it but it's like okay i kind of feel this connection to the summers and july 4th is the summers and like there's a feeling of childhood and you know time ageless and like all that sort of stuff kind of boiled together but the The human spirit argument is
0: what won the Great Escape. In that, okay, so we have two for Sandlot and two for Great Escape. So I could give it to Great Escape and have there not be a tie, or I could vote for Dave, like I want to. So I'm going to vote for Dave. Really?
1: Because you didn't sound like you loved that movie.
0: I didn't. But here's the deal: is that I I went into today hoping that Brock would sell me on the Burbs because I really wanted to vote for the Burbs because I love Joe Dante and I really wanted to see how I was going to spin, and the only thing that Brock did with his argument was make me horrified to be an American. <laughs> <laughs> so the Burbs comes in a close second because I think he does a great job explaining, or Brock did a great job explaining why this movie is America in the worst way, shape, and form. Um, and I was, if it wasn't for the fact that the argument of Dave is this is what it is to be an American in the best way, shape, and form, I would have voted for the Burbs. Um, I'm sad that Sandlot can't be the runway winner, but I can't vote for my own but I will vote for Dave and that's not just to not give it to the great escape I actually think Dave So then we have a tie. So well we
1: have what a tie.
3: happened is that uh, the great escape and the sandlot they canceled each other out <laughs> 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 and then Dave wins. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the Sandlot. Politics! <laughs> the Senlot <laughs> is the young version and the a great Escape is the old version. Yeah. They uh, still love baseball in both these films. These kids are going
0: go to, to go on to escape greatly. Be POWs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I will say that this is a tie, but if you do feel that one movie should be the winner and one shouldn't be the winner, please go on Facebook. Let us know which one you thought was better, which one that you thought should be the winner, or if there's just a different Fourth of July movie that you wish would have won, let us know. We're happy to hear it and tell you that you're wrong. Um, or unless you're right which you probably won't be uh, so chances gonna, are slim yeah chances are very slim so we're gonna do plugs 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 of uh, plugs but stick around to find out answer to this question what is the best way to celebrate the 4th of July the best way to celebrate the 4th of July so you can follow us on Facebook at after the hype on Twitter at ATH underscore podcast and everywhere else such as ATH podcast you can follow me on Twitter at sensor Lord sensor is spelled with a Z you can find my one to two tweets a month if you're lucky and you can find me on Instagram at uh, I already just said it Sense alert. Um, Twitter is why Brian why I can remember all these things It doesn't matter because I barely tweet and barely Instagram Maybe once or twice a month so yep. You don't have to follow me don't mm-hmm. worry about it John uh, movie guy John on most
2: social platforms Chewy
1: Chewy9 on most social platforms All one word the number spelled out And with an IE
2: Brock uh, Brock Walters on all social Platforms all of them even Snapchat Oh, I'm not on Snapchat. Well, mm, then I should. guess I'll never guess connect. We're not, not
1: yeah. tweens, okay? <laughs> oh, hey, I am on Nextdoor,
2: which is the uh, Facebook of my neighborhood. But I'm just under Brock on that. Okay. <laughs> but you have to you have to live in my neighborhood.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll be very yes. exclusive <laughs> and xenophobic. Our, uh, <laughs> like Whenever I That's hear your name, I think Brock Samson.
2: Our old Brock apartment. from Pokemon. Well, I got a I got a postcard in the mail being like, download this app and sign up. And I was like, oh. This Our is old apartment be awesome. complex
4: in Culver City had a social network. <laughs> it was interesting because you could tell when the internet went out. Because were you engaged? <laughs> no, not really.
0: It's really weird.
2: My girlfriend will not let me post, and because uh, it's just people bickering about <laughs> noise levels in the neighborhood. Oh my goodness, really? <laughs> yeah. Every one of my posts oh. would be, what? B- my internet's not fast enough.
0: Okay, oh, why am I paying suburbs, this
3: rent?
2: People bickering about
3: noise. <laughs> uh, Elliot? I am on Twitter at Escape ELL. You can find both of my podcasts, Beyond School and Superhero
0: Sampler, on iTunes and Facebook. Cool. So the answer for the absolute best way to celebrate the Fourth of July. Uh I will go first. The absolute best way to celebrate the Fourth of July is staying at home in air conditioning, playing video games by yourself. Every now and then screaming, America <laughs> That's my vote.
4: Uh seeing seeing some nice fireworks. I haven't oh. done that in a while and I I just I miss it. Okay. Uh
1: I'll just go with my favorite version of Fourth of July was back in chicago for the fireworks display where everyone would gather around the lake and they would actually shut down downtown chicago so after the fireworks were done you could just go around walking in the middle of the street walking up lakeshore drive completely safe from getting hit by cars and there was something magical about that
0: every fourth of july in chicago i stayed in my apartment by myself playing (laughs) (laughs) video (laughs) games america
2: america brock what about you uh, my favorite would be uh, my hometown always had a parade in the morning oh, nice. and then you went to the city park and They had food vendors games music and all that and Usually after that you'd go somewhere and watch the fireworks and that was my favorite cool.
3: I Get super hot in my apartment so hot that I google where the nearest pools are And then I get too lazy to even drive out there. And I also remember that I don't own a swimming suit. So it's it's just the same ritual
0: that happens every year. I want to go to a pool. Pool's too far. I thought you were going to go down, but they are like, I'm going to
1: reenact the sandlot. It doesn't even matter if the, the lifeguard's hot or a dude. I'm going to do it.
3: Yeah, you know, it, it <laughs> is interesting. Like, I do recreate that scene from the sand lap, but I play Wendy uh, <laughs> oh. uh, Okay. Nobody so, ever takes me up on that.
0: Oh. <laughs> okay, so that's it for today. Thank you very much again to Brock Walters and Elliot Campos for coming out. And I will say a big goodbye.
1: Bye. Bye.